0: Welcome to Catholic Light. Join me, Becca Doherty, each week as we shed a little light while keeping the conversation light. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Catholic Light. Thanks for joining me. On today's episode, we'll continue our discussion of prayer. We'll read paragraphs 2683 through 2724 on the second half of the episode. And I'd like to highlight Two things that I I think are striking from this reading selection. The first is the power of the intercession of the saints, who, as Saint Therese famously said, uh, spend their eternity doing good on earth. And then, secondly, I'd like to highlight so that's paragraph 2683. I'd like to highlight paragraph 2697, which talks about. Praying always, so being in a spirit of prayer throughout the day, remembering God or recalling God again and again. Um, but the catechism has this striking line: if if we're to pray at all times, well, then we also need to pray at specific times. We need to be intentional in our prayer for it to be good and fruitful and efficacious. So, first, paragraph twenty six eighty three says this: the witnesses who have preceded us into the kingdom, especially those whom the church recognizes as saints sharing the living tradition of prayer by the example of their lives, the transmission of their writings, and their prayer today. So the saints in heaven um, continue to share in this living tradition of prayer. So it's not as though they, you know, prayed really well throughout their lives and they fought the good fight, they ran the race and won, and now they're like, they're good, you know, sitting up in heaven. Like, no, they continue to participate in the the life of the church and the life of prayer um, through the example of their lives. So we are inspired by how they lived, uh, the transmission of their writings, specific writings that they left, and then their prayer today. So they continue to pray with and for the church today. They contemplate God, praise him, and constantly care for those uh, whom they have left excuse me, whom they have left on earth. When they entered into the joy of their master, they were quote unquote put in charge of many things. Their intercession is their most exalted service to God's plan. We can and should ask them to intercede for us and for the whole world. So when they entered into the joy of their master, they were put in charge of many things. If you're reading along in your physical catechism, you'll see that references footnote 42, Footnote forty-two references uh, Gospel of Matthew chapter twenty-five twenty-one. This is the parable of the talents. So the a man is going on a journey. He calls in his servants and entrusts to them each a different number of talents. Comes back from his journey and then asks, basically, how did you use them? With what? Um, what did you do with these talents I entrusted to you? And so the line that's referenced here in the catechism, verse twenty-one, is when the the master, the man returning from his journey says, uh, his master said to him, well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come share your master's joy. Since you are faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Sometimes I think, um, you know, it creeps into our the popular imagination, and I think this personally, that, again, the saints, like, lived really good, virtuous, holy lives, and now it's like, ah, like, we're good. We did it. We're in heaven now for all of eternity. But, again, as St. Therese says, um, like, the work has just begun. They continue. They don't just, like, sit on a shelf as pretty little trophies where God, you know, can, like, point to them and say, like, look at my wonderful men and women who live their lives well. It's like, no, they're active. He- heaven is dynamic. Um, I might have said in previous episodes that my students would often kind of, like, yawn and say, like, oh, is heaven boring? Like, are we just going to sit and stare at God, you know, like on a fluffy little cloud? And no, it's, first of all, far from boring. Um but second, again, it's dynamic. The the saints continue to participate in the life of the church and very powerfully so as intercessors for for each of us. They were entrusted with small things and proved faithful in those small matters, aka their lives on earth. So now they're entrusted with even greater things, interceding for, as paragraph 26, 83 ends, um, we ask them to intercede for us and for the whole world. So interceding for not just Lisieux, France, or um, I'm thinking of all French saints right now, the curé of ours, so ours, France, uh, Guadalupe, Mexico. We're, we're coming up on the, the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, St. Juan Diego. Um, but these saints now can intercede for The whole world um, for everyone across time and space, uh, people on earth, and even the souls in purgatory. As a quick refresher, we we touched on this in a previous episode, but the, the church, the body of Christ, is composed of three groups. So we have the church militant people on earth, those who are fighting the good fight. We have the church suffering, those who have fought the good fight, but still need to be purified before they enter heaven. In other words, the souls in purgatory. And then the church triumphant, so all this this military language, those who have fought the good fight and have won, the saints in heaven. And all three continue to work together, serve one another, love and support one another. So those on earth um, can pray for the souls in purgatory, pray for those who have died and need continued purification because we believe that the souls in purgatory cannot pray for themselves. So that time has has come to an end when they can pray for themselves. People on earth pray for the souls in purgatory and pray through the intercession of the saints in heaven. And we can pray for each other. Church militant can pray for church militant. Um, The souls in purgatory can pray for the people on earth and pray through the intercession of the saints in heaven. The saints in heaven don't need any prayers, and so they pray for the souls in purgatory and those on earth, the church suffering and the church triumphant, so that all may be triumphant as they are one day in heaven. And I don't know why this is exactly, but this line from the Catechism, speaking of the saints in heaven, says their intercession is their most exalted service to God's plan. So they they lived, they fought well while well on earth. Um, they lived these great lives. We think of just some of the wild and wonderful things that that some of the saints did on he- in um, excuse me did on earth. So I'm thinking again of the the curé of ours who was in the confessional like some, something like I don't know 13 18 hours a day. And just brought so many people to the Lord. I think it was the Curé of ours, so Saint John Marie Vianney, um, about whom or to whom the devil said, "If there were four of you on earth, my my reign would be done forever." Basically, he was so effective, so charitable and giving, um, and used used his life to the full that grace upon grace was was manifested for. For those who came to him and for for many throughout the world. So thank you, Jesus, for the the life of this saint and all the saints. So if you don't already do so, I encourage you to pray through the intercession of your patron saint. If you if you don't have a patron saint or don't, don't think of yourself as having a patron saint, you know, simply pray through the intercession of a saint who has the same name as you, your first or middle name, um, or pray to come to know your saint. So my name's Rebecca, who's an Old Testament saint, um, one of the matriarchs of the the Old Testament. Um, but I prayed at at a point in my life, I prayed, okay, patron saint, or one of my patron saints, like, please show yourself to me. Please please help me develop a, a fondness for you, a closeness with you. And, um, you know, I'll pray through your intercession. And so St. Rita of Kasha just kept coming up again and again and again and so I thought, okay, I'm gonna claim you as my patron saint and so I, I pray through her intercession, which is great. She's one of the saints of impossible cases, impossible causes. And um there's a beautiful shrine devoted to her in South Philadelphia. And so they have this her feast day is May twenty second. Uh every May twenty second the, the shrine of National Shrine of Saint Rita of Casha in Philadelphia honors her with a number of masses and confession and this traditional blessing of roses. So I pray through her intercession. I also pray th- through the intercession of my mom, Gina Pine. Um, my dad is, is so adorable. He's constantly encouraging people to, to pray through the intercession of, of my mom. And um, he was with a group of people a couple days ago. They actually went to see Ivan, one of the Medjugorje visionaries who resides half the year in the United States. He was going around giving talks at different parishes. And um, so my dad and a group of people were en route to hear Yvonne speak and there was mass and confession and I think like a reception afterwards and my dad said it was something like a two-hour drive they they traveled to go see him they had about 15 minutes left in the drive and then they just hit this wall of traffic which just was not budging. He said the GPS went from, you know, 15 minutes to their arrival to 20, 25, 30. It went up to 50 minutes. And so he said to everyone in the car, let's pray through the intercession of Gina. Um, And within a couple minutes, you know, the traffic broke up and they got to their destination. I was just talking with a family friend today after mass, who was close with my mom. She has three adult children, and I hadn't seen the family in a while. So I was asking about each of the, the adult kids and their their uh families and in speaking of one of her children she said oh you know he's like kind of on on again off again with his girlfriend and um what kind of like grimaced a little bit I said you know what pray through mom's intercession she had that that unique quality or that unique combo of qualities where she was so loving and affirming and would have you know said to your son like oh you precious man and then simultaneously she um She was pretty unfiltered in her thoughts like it is time to move on. Like, don't waste another minute. It's time to go on and meet the woman you're going to marry. I said, so you just pray through the intercession of Gina, and you know she'll she'll help. Uh, she'll she'll ask Jesus to help clean that up. She said, you know what? I haven't visited her grave in a while. I'm going to go do that and pray for that intention. So we have these these saints in heaven whom the church has has officially canonized. We have people in our lives who, again, as this paragraph says, uh, they they contemplate. So now. Um, those who have passed away, our family members and friends, they contemplate God, praise him and constantly care for those whom they have left on earth. So um, again, I, I, I don't know exactly how it works, but I imagine there's some sort of kinship or special closeness between those in heaven and then their family members, their friends still on earth. And so let's pray through their intercession. Let's ask God, you know, if These loved ones are not in heaven. Please purify them. Bring them to heaven this day. And if they are in heaven, you know, mom, grandma, aunt, uncle, neighbor, friend, pray for me. Pray for this specific instance. Please ask God to bring his grace into this moment, these circumstances, and bring his greater glory out of it. May his will be done and show me the way. I often pray because St. Joseph was a carpenter whenever I'm doing anything like hands on, um, and I'm having difficulties. I'll pray through his intercession, and so I was I was trying to fix this cabinet I had bought, and I'm praying, you know, Saint Joseph, please help me fix this, and basically like use this hammer in the proper way so I can get it get everything aligned. And sometimes I think, you know, Saint Joseph is like, Hi, I cared for Jesus, the second person in the Trinity, and here you are asking me to intercede for your home goods purchase. So let's like let's step up the prayers a little bit. <laughs> but I think you know. This, Jesus says in the scriptures that not a sparrow falls to the earth without him knowing he has every hair in our heads counted and so what's the worst that happens? Let's cast it all before the Lord through the intercession of his angels and saints of our, our loved ones who have passed away and ask them to to intercede for us to help us navigate this life well as the the church militant to help us fight the good good fight to to live each day well and God willing be, among the Church triumphant, one day. A couple paragraphs later, the Catechism talks about modeling this this life of prayer for our children, basically starting our our children young. Uh, paragraph twenty six eighty five says the Christian family is the first place of education in prayer. It goes on to say, for young children in particular, daily family prayer is the first witness of the Church's living memory, as awakened patiently by the Holy Spirit. And so, as we live our prayer lives we ask for the intercession of the saints we entrust these things to god our children and those around us pick up on it and can learn to pray as well can can enter into this this communal life of prayer and so what we're currently doing as a a family with young children is we're we're striving to pray the rosary each day as a family Um, and we're using dan found on youtube a series of four videos for each each set of mysteries of the Rosary. Um, put out by these beautiful videos and they're 15 minutes so very doable very achievable and again with young kids it like keeps us on track because sometimes when it's just us praying it's like a butterfly a tree what are we praying again oh yeah hail mary full of grace so they're they're each 15 minute video so we'll pick so for example you know we prayed the the joyful mysteries, so we'll pray along with the fifteen minute joyful mysteries of the rosary video. It's put out by Kenrick Glennon Seminary. The rector of the seminary is Father Paul Hazing, um, H O E S I N G, and um, it's just very beautifully done. They you know they show images of um, the chapel in which they're praying and stained glass windows, and they have like very brief reflections or really a virtue on which to reflect at the beginning of each mystery. And um, so if if you're looking for a practical way with your, excuse me, a practical way to pray with your family, especially if you have young kids and prayer as a family feels like, blah, how do we do this? I recommend just going on YouTube and searching Kenrick Glennon, K-E-N-R-I-C-K and then Glennon, G-L-E-N-N-O-N, seminary. And um, you'll find joyful, luminous, sorrowful, glorious 15 to 16 minute videos, um, for each set of, of mysteries. And as fruitless as it feels sometimes to pray as a family, I encourage you to keep going, persevere, again, fight the good fight as, as the church militant, because it, it pays off those, those prayers, the words of the prayers, they just, even if the kids aren't, um, you know, praying every word responding to every prayer the words of prayer sink into their little hearts and minds and so when they you know they reach a point where they want to want to pray or feel like they need to pray then those words are in there somewhere that that practice is is in them they have something to rely upon something to draw from the bank and then god willing you know grow in their prayer lives because prayer is essential to our lives so we as human beings are body and soul, body and spirit. And just as food and drink nourishes the body, prayer nourishes our souls, our spirits, um, that other dimension of our human life. And we, we cannot live, we cannot thrive without it. Um, and so we need to persevere in that and we need to, it's a, it's a service, it's a charity to teach that to others. Paragraph 2697 in talking about the life of prayer says, prayer is the life of the new heart. It ought to animate us at every moment, but we tend to forget him who is our life and our all. This is why the fathers of the spiritual life and the Deuteronomic and prophetic tradition insist that prayer is a remembrance of God, often awakened by the memory of the heart. We must remember God more often than we draw breath, but we cannot pray at all times if we do not pray at specific times, consciously willing it. So, um, you know, many of us will go throughout our day and, and pray, you know, for a few seconds as we're sitting at the traffic light, you know, God, give me patience. Um, Or as we're walking into a meeting, Lord, give me the words. If we're, you know, about to have a difficult conversation with someone, or if something good happens, and we're thanking God for it. um, Many of us are, are, our days are punctuated by these these aspirations of prayer. But what the catechism reminds us here is those, those little moments of prayer throughout the day are really sustained by and anchored by intentional, consciously willed moments of prayer. Because if we're not, again, intentionally, consciously willing, setting aside a time of prayer each day, well, then as we All know from firsthand experience, the day can fill up so quickly with so many other things. And then there's another day without prayer, another day without intentional prayer time set aside. I might have mentioned this mug someone gave to me. It simply says, but first pray. You know, I, I think that came from it was very catchy to have mugs and wall art that said, but first coffee. Like before I do or think about anything else, just give me my cup of coffee. And so this mug says, but first. Pray. And when I first received it, I thought, oh, this is so beautiful and such a great way to start the day with a cup of coffee and prayer. But it's really become kind of like a little sacrament to me in the the sense of, you know, sacraments are visible signs of God's invisible grace Or visible things that affect invisible grace. And many times I've thought about or looked at that mug as I was about to, you know what, I'm just gonna like pay a couple bills in the morning and I'll get to prayer later. Or I'm just going to, you know, finish shopping Instacart so that the groceries are ready by whatever time of day and then I'll pray. But then I think of that mug, but first pray and then by the grace of God, put the put the bill paying and put the grocery shopping aside for the moment and pray because I know in my heart of hearts, if I don't pray first, then it's very easy not to pray for the rest of the day that that the day rushes in so many other things take up our time and energy our attention claim our attention and um you know prayer falls by the wayside and if that happens day after day after day then our humanity suffers because again as bodies need to be nourished and strengthened by food and drink our souls our spirits need to be strengthened by the life-giving prayer that that god holds out to us So come, Lord Jesus, give us the grace to be intentional in our prayer lives. Give us the grace to but first pray, to put that prayer at the the beginning of every day, to be refreshed, strengthened, nourished in our spirits, in our souls, in our humanity by this conversation with you, whether it's through prayer of the rosary, through Lectio Divina, the reading of scripture, or through some other type of prayer. Fill our, our souls, our spirits, our lives, our humanity with your grace, your blessings, your nourishment, and your strength. And thank you for being at the ready to chat with us, to hear our prayers, to converse with us at every moment of the day and every moment of our lives. Please help us to be faithful to that, again, intentional, so that, as the Catechism says, we can pray at all times and at specific times. We offer this up in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we'll take a brief break, return on the second half of the episode to read paragraphs 2683 through 2724. Thanks for sticking around. You are listening to Catholic Light. Thank you for joining me each week as we read through the Catechism of the Catholic Church and discuss some of its beautiful teachings. Hi, and welcome back. We'll now read paragraphs 2683 through 2724 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Article 3, Guides for Prayer, A Cloud of Witnesses. The witnesses who have preceded us into the kingdom, especially those whom the church recognizes as saints, share in the living tradition of prayer by the example of their lives, the transmission of their writings, and their prayer today. They contemplate God, praise him, and constantly care for those whom they have left on earth. When they entered into the joy of their master, they were put in charge of many things. Their intercession is their most exalted service to God's plan. We can and should ask them to intercede for us and for the whole world. In the communion of saints, many and varied spiritualities have been developed throughout the history of the churches. The personal charism of some witnesses to God's love for men has been handed on, like the spirit of Elijah to Elisha and John the Baptist, so that their followers may have a share in this spirit. A distinct spirituality can also arise at the point of convergence of liturgical and theological currents, bearing witness to the integration of the faith into a particular human environment and its history. The different schools of Christian spirituality share in the living tradition of prayer and are essential guides for the faithful. In their rich diversity, they are refractions of the one pure light of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is truly the dwelling of the saints, and the saints are for the Spirit a place where he dwells, as in his own home since they offer themselves as a dwelling place for God and are called his temple. That's St. Basil that said that. Servants of Prayer. The Christian family is the first place of education in prayer. Based on the sacrament of marriage, the family is the domestic church, where God's children learn to pray as the church and to persevere in prayer. For young children in particular, daily family prayer is the first witness of the church's living memory as awakened patiently by the Holy Spirit. Ordained ministers are also responsible for the formation and prayer of their brothers and sisters in Christ. Servants of the Good Shepherd, they are ordained to lead the people of God to the living waters of prayer. The Word of God, the liturgy, the theological life, the life of faith, hope, and charity, and the today of God in concrete situations. Many religious have consecrated their whole lives to prayer. Hermits, monks, and nuns, since the time of the Desert Fathers, have devoted their time to praising God and interceding for his people. The consecrated life cannot be sustained or spread without prayer. It is one of the living sources of contemplation and the spiritual life of the Church. The Catechesis of Children, Young People, and Adults aims at teaching them to meditate on the Word of God in personal prayer, practicing it in liturgical prayer, and internalizing it at all times in order to bear fruit in a new life. Catechesis is also a time for the discernment and education of popular piety. The memorization of basic prayers offers an essential support to the life of prayer, but it is important to help learners savor their meaning. Prayer groups, indeed schools of prayer, are today one of the signs and one of the driving forces of renewal of prayer in the church, provided they drink from authentic wellsprings of Christian prayer. Concern for ecclesial communion is a sign of true prayer in the church. The Holy Spirit gives to certain of the faithful the gifts of wisdom, faith, and discernment for the sake of this common good, which is prayer, spiritual direction. Men and women so endowed are true servants of the living tradition of prayer. According to St. John of the Cross, the person wishing to advance towards perfection should take care into whose hands he entrusts himself. For as the master is, so will the disciple be, and as the father is, so so will be the son. And further, in addition to being learned and discreet, a director should be experienced. If the spiritual director has no experience of the spiritual life, he will be incapable of leading into it the souls whom God is calling to it, and he will not even understand them. Places Favorable for Prayer The church, the house of God, is the proper place for the liturgical prayer of the parish community. It is also the privileged place for adoration of the real presence of Christ in the Blessed Sacrament. The choice of a favorable place is not a matter of indifference for true prayer. For personal prayer, this can be a prayer corner with the sacred scriptures and icons in order to be there in secret before our Father. In a Christian family, this kind of little oratory fosters prayer in common. In regions where monasteries exist, the vocation of these communities is to further the participation of the faithful in the liturgy of the hours and to provide necessary solitude for more intense personal prayer. Pilgrimages evoke our earthly journey toward heaven and are traditionally very special occasions for renewal and prayer. For pilgrims seeking living water, shrines are special places for living the forms of Christian prayer in church. In brief, in prayer, the pilgrim church is associated with that of the saints whose intercessions she asks. The different schools of Christian spirituality share in the living tradition of prayer and are precious guides for the spiritual life. The Christian family is the first place for education in prayer. Ordained ministers, the consecrated life, catechesis, prayer groups, and spiritual direction ensure assistance within the church in the practice of prayer. The most appropriate places for prayer are personal or family oratories, monasteries, places of pilgrimage, and above all, the church, which is the proper place for liturgical prayer for the parish community and the privileged place for Eucharistic adoration. Chapter 3, The Life of Prayer Prayer is the life of the new heart. It ought to animate us at every moment, but we tend to forget him who is our life and our all. This is why the fathers of the spiritual life in the Deuteronomic and prophetic traditions insist that prayer is a remembrance of God often awakened by the memory of the heart. We must remember God more often than we draw breath. But we cannot pray at all times if we do not pray at specific times, consciously willing it. These are the special times of Christian prayer, both in intensity and duration. The tradition of the Church proposes to the faithful certain rhythms of praying intended to nourish continual prayer. Some are daily, such as morning and evening prayer, grace before and after meals, the liturgy of the hours. Sundays, centered on the Eucharist, are kept holy primarily by prayer. The cycle of the liturgical year and its great feasts are also basic rhythms of the Christian's life of prayer. The Lord leads all persons by paths and in ways pleasing to him, and each believer responds according to his heart's resolve and the personal expressions of his prayer. However, Christian tradition has retained three major expressions of prayer, vocal, meditative, and contemplative. They have one basic trait in common, composure of heart. This vigilance in keeping the word and dwelling in the presence of God makes these three expressions intense times in the life of prayer. Article 1, Expressions of Prayer. Vocal Prayer. Through his word, God speaks to man. By words, mental or vocal, our prayer takes flesh. Yet it is most important that the heart should be present to him to whom we are speaking in prayer. Whether or not our prayer is heard depends not on the number of words, but on the fervor of our souls. That's St. John Chrysostom. Vocal prayer is an essential element of the Christian life. To his disciples, drawn by their master's silent prayer, Jesus teaches a vocal prayer, the Our Father. He not only prayed aloud the liturgical prayers of the synagogue, But, as the Gospels show, he raised his voice to express his personal prayer, from exultant blessing of the Father to the agony of Gethsemane. The need to involve the senses in interior prayer corresponds to a requirement of our human nature. We are body and spirit, and we experience the need to translate our feelings externally. We must pray with our whole being to give all power possible to our supplication. This need also corresponds to a divine requirement. God seeks worshipers in spirit and in truth, and consequently a living prayer that rises from the depths of the soul. He also wants the external expression that associates the body with interior prayer, for it renders him that perfect homage which is his due. Because it is external and so thoroughly human, vocal prayer is the form of prayer most readily accessible to groups. Even interior prayer, however, cannot neglect vocal prayer. Prayer is internalized to the extent that we become aware of him to whom we speak. Thus, vocal prayer becomes an initial form of contemplative prayer. Meditation. Meditation is above all a quest. The mind seeks to understand the why and how of the Christian life in order to adhere and respond to what the Lord is asking. The required attentiveness is difficult to sustain. We are usually helped by books and Christians do not want for them the sacred scriptures, particularly the Gospels, holy icons, liturgical texts of the day or seasons, season, writing of the spiritual fathers, works of spirituality, the great book of creation, and that of history, the page on which the today of God is written. To meditate on what we read helps us to make it our own by confronting it with ourselves. Here, another book is opened, the Book of Life. We pass from thoughts to reality. To the extent that we are humble and faithful, we discover in meditation the movements that stir the heart, and we are able to discern them. It is a question of acting truthfully in order to come into the light. Lord, what do you want me to do? There are as many and varied methods of meditation as there are spiritual masters. Christians owe it to themselves to develop the desire to meditate regularly, lest they come to resemble the three first kinds of soil in the parable of the sower. But a method is only a guide. The important thing is to advance with the Holy Spirit along the one way of prayer, Christ Jesus. Meditation engages thought, imagination, emotion, and desire. This mobilization of faculties is necessary in order to deepen our convictions of faith, prompt the conversion of our heart, and strengthen our will to follow Christ. Christian prayer tries above all to meditate on the mysteries of Christ, as in Lectio Divina or the Rosary. This form of prayerful reflection is of great value, but Christian prayer should go further, to the knowledge of the love of the Lord Jesus, to union with him. Contemplative prayer. What is contemplative prayer? St. Teresa answers, Contemplative prayer, in my opinion, is nothing else than a close sharing between friends. It means taking time frequently to be alone with him who we know loves us. Contemplative prayer seeks him whom my soul loves It is Jesus and in him the Father. We seek him because to desire him is always the beginning of love, and we seek him in that pure faith which causes us to be born of him and to live in him. In this inner prayer, we can still meditate, but our attention is fixed on the Lord himself. The choice of the time and duration of the prayer arises from a determined will, revealing the secrets of the heart. One does not undertake contemplative prayer only when one has the time. One makes time for the Lord with the firm determination not to give up, no matter what trials and dryness one may encounter. One cannot always meditate, but one can always enter into inner prayer, independently of the conditions of health, work, or emotional state. The heart is the place of this quest and encounter in poverty and in faith. Entering into contemplative prayer is like entering into the Eucharistic liturgy. We gather up the heart. Recollect our whole being under the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Abide in the dwelling place of the Lord, which we are. Awaken our faith in order to enter into the presence of him who awaits us. We let our masks fall and turn our hearts back to the Lord who loves us, so as to hand ourselves over to him as an offering to be purified and transformed. Contemplative prayer is the prayer of the child of God, of the forgiven sinner who agrees to welcome the love by which he is loved and who wants to respond to it by loving even more. But he knows that the love he is returning is poured out by the Spirit in his heart, for everything is grace from God. Contemplative prayer is the poor and humble surrender to the loving will of the Father in ever deeper union with his beloved Son. Contemplative prayer is the simplest expression of the mystery of prayer. It is a gift, a grace. It can be accepted only in humility and poverty. Contemplative prayer is a covenant relationship established by God within our hearts. Contemplative prayer is a communion in which the Holy Trinity conforms man, the image of God, to his likeness. Contemplative prayer is also the preeminently intense time of prayer. In it, the Father strengthens our inner being with power through his Spirit, that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith and we may be grounded in love. Contemplation is a gaze of faith fixed on Jesus. I look at him and he looks at me. This is what a certain peasant of ours in the time of his Holy cure, used to say while praying before the tabernacle. This focus on Jesus is a renunciation of self. His gaze purifies our heart. The light of the countenance of Jesus illumines the eyes of our heart and teaches us to see everything in the light of his truth and his compassion for all men. Contemplation also turns its gaze on the mysteries of the life of Christ. Thus it learns the interior knowledge of our Lord the more to love him and follow him. Contemplative prayer is hearing the word of God. Far from being passive, such attentiveness is the obedience of faith, the unconditional acceptance of a servant, and the loving commitment of a child. It participates in the yes of the son become servant and the fiat of God's lowly handmaid. Contemplative prayer is silence, the symbol of the world to come, or silent love. Words in this kind of prayer are not speeches. They are like kindling that feeds the fire of love. In this silence, unbearable to the outer man, the Father speaks to us his incarnate word, who suffered, died, and rose. In this silence, the spirit of adoption enables us to share in the prayer of Jesus. Contemplative prayer is a union with the prayer of Christ, insofar as it makes us participate in his mystery. The mystery of Christ is celebrated by the Church and the Eucharist, and the Holy Spirit makes it come alive in contemplative prayer, so that our charity will manifest it in our Acts. Contemplative prayer is a communion of love bearing life for the multitude, to the extent that it consents to abide in the night of faith. The paschal night of the resurrection passes through the night of the agony and the tomb. The three intense moments of the hour of Jesus, which His spirit, and not the flesh, which is weak, brings to life in prayer. We must be willing to keep watch with him one hour. In brief, the church invites the faithful to regular prayer. Daily prayers, the Liturgy of the Hours, Sunday Eucharist, the Feasts of the Liturgical Year. The Christian tradition comprises three major expressions of the life of prayer. Vocal prayer, meditation, and contemplative prayer. They have in common the recollection of the heart. Vocal prayer, founded on the union of body and soul in human nature, associates the body with the interior prayer of the heart, following Christ's example of praying to His Father and teaching the Our Father to His disciples. Meditation is a prayerful quest engaging thought, imagination, emotion, and desire. Its goal is to make our own in faith the subject considered by confronting it with the reality of our own life. Contemplative prayer is the simple expression of the mystery of prayer. It is a gaze of faith fixed on Jesus, an attentiveness to the word of God, a silent love. It achieves real union with the prayer of Christ to the extent that it makes us share in his mystery. This brings us to the end of our reading selection, the end of our episode. Thanks for joining me. Between this week and next week's episode, please pray for me. I'll be praying for you. And in the meantime, God bless you. Thanks for joining me this week on Catholic Light. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with your family and your friends. And connect with me through Facebook and Instagram. I'll see you next week. And in the meantime, God bless you.